who likes Panera bread? The bread's not good. What is it like? Does anyone like Panera? What is going on? How are they everywhere? <laughs> Nobody likes to go there. <laughs> they used to be good. Like somebody, we were just having this discussion the other day. Like they used to be quality food. And ever since the pandemic, it's literally like airport. I equate it to like airport freezer stuff and like the Hudson News. Like that's how the sandwiches are. Like it's that bad and so expensive. Like <laughs> crazy this ep- expensive. This episode this of the episode Lunchcast. Sponsored by Panera Not Bread. sponsored by Panera Bread. Although we would change our tune. Hello, and welcome to episode number 40 of the Admissions Director's Lunchcast. I'm your host, Nathan Ament, Vice President of Enrollment Management at Loyola University, New Orleans, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Tej Matil, Director of Enrollment Success at EnrollML. Tej, how are you on this episode number 40? Really? Episode 40? I mean... I can like produce receipts. We can look at our analytics on Spotify if you really want to. But this indeed is our 40th episode of the Who Would no. Have Thought. No, I know this trick. This is the anniversary of our 29th episode. I'm sticking with it. Anyway, wow. Well, that is good news. We made it to 40. I guess I would have to say that I'm I'm good, especially for 40. How are you, Nathan? I am great. I'm really looking forward to episode number 40. Since today we're discussing the value of ACAC involvement. Shocker, since we had all of these presidents. (laughs) And we've got some great guests to help us out as always. Tej, do you think we need to remind folks about how the lunch cast works? You know, yes, I do. I do think that. Here's what happens. Each week, Nathan and I, along with our guests, one influencer and one practitioner, will discuss a topic that is directly related to recruitment and admission. Our hope is that by the end of your lunch hour, you, the listener, will have a good enough handle on the topic that you can implement tactics quickly, maybe even this afternoon. So when developing professional development plans for your team or for yourself, how frequently are you including involvement in your state or regional ACAC? In a fitting end here for our season five finale or season five featuring affiliate leaders, Mm -hmm. this week we're talking about the many benefits for professionals and their institutions. And yes, we even address the biggest perceived barrier that the affiliates seem too clicky to break in. Oh, that's a real one, Nathan. That is real. That is very real. And so we've asked two guests who have seen the positive impacts of ACAC involvement in their own careers to share their stories today. Yes. This week, as our influencer guest, we have my friend, Paul Welsh, the president-elect as of today, although soon to change, um, President-elect of Illinois ACAC and school counselor at Fenton High School in Bensonville, Illinois. I really wish you would have let me introduce the Illinois one because you get to take all the whack at credit and then <laughs> you get to like tee up Paul. But I know Paul and you are friends, so I'll let you have mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. All right. And as our practitioner guest, we have Michael Cartusiello, past president of New Jersey ACAC and associate director of admissions at Lesley University in Cambridge, 
Massachusetts. And yes, we're going to get into that, that he's past president of New Jersey. <laughs> he's out of school in Massachusetts. So, Tiggy, I'm excited. Let's Teach. get started. Well, um, this was, yeah, I'm going to give you full credit, much like you like to. Oh, I'm going to take full credit. I'm going to take full credit. Blind and all those (laughs) other things, but I'm going to give you full credit that this was your brainchild to do this for season five. And it was one of the best ideas you've had to date and to then put a little ribbon and bow on this season with this topic Mm. is awesome. So let's talk a little bit about why we're doing this. Well, listen, ACAC involvement is, I've been beating that drum for a decade or more. And I I remember back when I first got involved, you were there with me, Nathan, when mm-hmm. um, our, Ken, the director at the time, actually pushed me kind of into the, the seat he was leaving as he went to a NACAC committee. And the professional connections, the um, involvement opportunities, the, the networking experience, like there's just so much that comes from getting involved with your local ACAC. I can't recommend it highly enough. And once we decided we were going to interview current ACAC leaders for this episode or this season of the podcast, I just knew this had to be the closing topic, really encouraging folks to consider getting involved in the ACAC, either for your own professional development or for your staff at any level. It is, um, one of the best decisions you can make. I agree a hundred percent. And I, you know, when you and I met at Lawrence, you were new to admission, like, did, mm-hmm. you know, admission, you had done student life and residential life and, um, at, at, at Whitewater. And, mm-hmm. but I'd had probably what, four or five years of experience at admissions at that point. Three different institutions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just a callback to last week. I was going to say that was last, <laughs> last week's episode, my friend, but anyway, um, but I had been uh, pretty heavily involved in Illinois ACAC mm-hmm. because that mm-hmm. was just a tradition at Augustana. I tell you what the tradition was: going to the conference and having a good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, oh yeah, we do maybe go to a session here and there or whatever else. Um, and so I, my expectations, and that's a huge conference. And Paul mm-hmm. continues. Mm-hmm. I think it's down in Springfield this year. Um, and Paul was telling us about it, you know, you know, offline after the interview that it's going to, it's again, a big conference, but, um, then to go up and experience Wisconsin ACAC, um, and then start to understand some of the nuances. And we got into this, I think with the questions for our guests, Mm -hmm. you know, what other organizations are you involved in at the state or regional level? Cause not every state ACAC is as much of a big powerhouse as Illinois or mm-hmm. New England or Rocky Mountain or some of the big ones. Southern, Western. Um, mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Um, and so, you know, again, I think you are a perfect example of how you were, Ken was looking for somebody to fill that seat and mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. was, he saw potential in you and he didn't have to go through a Gantic nominating process like you would at a larger one yep. like Illinois. Yep to make that happen. And then you took it and ran with it, of course, and that's all on you, but um, it really um, shows you how, you know, there's all kinds of pluses, um, all kinds of different ways to get involved, um, you know, depending on what, what ACAC is close by or in Michael's case, which ACAC maybe his recruitment territory is in. Right. Yep. Yep. And in Wisconsin, we've had, 
people, I mean, elevated into leadership roles as well, that their institution is outside the state, but they work in the state. Um, right. So, you know, it's just, it's where you're at, where you're at, where you're comfortable. And the the advice I always have with everybody is just get involved with something. I I really struggle with the, the kind of the clickiness knock we get. You'll hear that in the interviews, but we we want people at for everything like come on in mm-hmm. right right yeah i mean there's everybody but i think we'll get to this probably in the wrap up a little bit mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. there is the clicky thing is is a real real thing yeah. and i've experienced it at multiple AZ. so i'm i'm glad you thought of those questions and i'm glad you're willing to you to tackle that topic specifically with let's get out of the way my friend and get right to these interviews and i think it is time that we heard from our guests so here's our conversation with our influencer guest paul welsh followed by our conversation with our practitioner guest michael cartusiello as always we hope you enjoy these discussions and we'll see you on the other side Well, Nathan, I am thrilled with our next guest. We are fortunate to be joined by Paul Welsh, president-elect of Illinois ACAC and school counselor at Fenton High School in Bentonville, Illinois. Paul, welcome to the LunchCast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate being here. Yeah, we're, we're glad to have you. Paul, for folks who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you landed in your current roles? Well, thank you. I'm a school counselor at a public high school outside of Chicago. I've been here for nine years, and I worked through some Chicago public high schools as a counselor and as a teacher before that. Great. And corollarily, can you tell us a little bit about your involvement in your affiliate and how you got started? Yeah, I would love to because because in addition to my work serving students directly, I'm really passionate about uh, the work that I do in the profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, through, through Illinois ACAC. So when I first started as a school counselor, some older school counselor pulled me aside and said, hey, you need to join this association. They do something, you know, he's telling me they use something about how to send transcripts out using something called Naviance or some sort of electronic. And I had no idea, you know, I, I didn't know what was going on. And so that's how I got my start. So I joined this association. Um, I have a political science degree and I, I've worked for some for some uh, some congressmen, some politicians right out of, out of college. So one of my first involvements with Illinois ACAC was on their government relations committee. It was a really cool way to kind of take one of my passions and something I studied in college and then apply it to my new career. So that was an easy fit for me. Um, and you probably know that when you volunteer for something and you <laughs> demonstrate some capacity to do it and you know meet deadlines and, and volunteer again, they ask you to do more. So mm-hmm. at some point, Pretty quickly, I was asked to be the committee chair, which I did for three years. Um, and then from there, I thought, you know what, I'm going to take a break from from doing this volunteer work and get back to my office and focus on my students. And someone said, hey, maybe it's time to consider executive board service. <laughs> so so I ran for and was elected for the executive board at Illinois ACAC. And by that time, I started looking at, you know, what is my next move um, 
career-wise, and I don't want to leave high school. I don't want to move out of counseling into administration. And, and I still have more capacity. I still have more to give to the profession. So I looked at the president's cycle and a few people approached me. And, and when I look at it, um, when I look at volunteer leadership service, not as uh, a burden or something you're voluntold, I want to retire that word, everyone voluntold. I look at it as, as, as taking a turn at leadership. In our associations, in our professions, we all have an opportunity to lead. And if everyone or those of us who want to will take a turn, you look at it as I'm going to take my turn and serve others. And then someone else will do it. And someone else has done it before me. I'm just taking my turn now. Uh, that's how I that's how I view it. So I'm currently the president-elect of the Illinois Association for College Admission Counseling in my first year of a three-year cycle in the president cycle. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm honored to do it. I'm humbled to do it. And I'm enjoying the work. Thanks for asking. Well, that's great, Paul. And I really appreciate you giving us that little bit of your journey. Just a quick reference point here, though, for folks that maybe, you know, aren't involved in the ACACs and the NACACs and all the acronyms that we love in admissions, right? So just explain that a little bit, the, the difference between the ACACs or the affiliates versus NACAC, if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, good question. National Association for College Admission Counseling is just that. It's this great national association that really lives in this space between high school and college. And nationally, about 40% about of the members are high school counselors, 60 or 60 plus percent are college admissions counselors. And there's the affiliates across the country. I believe there are, I believe there are 30 affiliates in Illinois Association for College Admission Counseling, IACAC is an independent association of professionals affiliated with NACAC. We, like all the other affiliates, are self-governed. Um, we are independent. We are governed by our members through an executive board and elected leadership. Good question. Thanks, Nathan. Not a problem. Not a problem. And I remember when I first got involved, it was confused a little bit as well, but um, that's, a, that's a good clarification. So I appreciate that. Um, speaking of acronyms, um, there's a lot of other acronyms out there, right? There's a lot of other <laughs> abbreviations and things of other organizations. Um, one thing that's been interesting for me when I moved down here to the South, um, is, uh, and honestly, when I was, I started Illinois, but then when I moved up to Wisconsin and there was a, there was another association, um, that was more on the school counselor side and less on the admissions counselor side, there's other organizations out there, right, for admissions counseling. And are you involved in any other professional organizations? And if you are, um, how do they compare to your current affiliate there in Illinois? Yes, and uh, Alphabet Soup. So I'm a member of ISCA, the Illinois School Counselor Association, and ASCA, the American School Counselor Association. And those are the same structure, a national association with state affiliates. But those associations cover K through 12 school counselors. And in general, they focus more on, um, on some of the social, emotional, and academic advising work of school mm -hmm. counseling. What I find to be truly rewarding and unique about the national, um, about the, the ACACs, the ACACs, is mm -hmm. that we do inhibit that space in between, you know? Um, it's always about the next step, right? It's always about getting to the next grade or graduating from middle school to high school or from high school to college. And this is an association of professionals who live on both sides of that, of that divide. So it's really helpful for me when I'm working with students that, that I have those type of connections to help me get across that divide. Um, but again, yes, I'm a member of, of ISCA. I'm also 
active in my local teachers union, the Fenton Education Association, or FEA. And we're local of the Illinois and the National Education Association. And your question about how do they compare, I think the, the, the biggest similarity that I see between this teachers union and these two professional associations mm -hmm. is the democratic governors, the, de the democratic um, management of all these associations where um, everyone has a voice and all these professionals are getting together and making decisions about how best to operate in the profession. And it's really empowering that those decisions are not made by um, an administrator or some vice president or some, mm -hmm. some person hired above us. They're made by the members of all these associations. And that's really empowering to be part of these associations. And I experienced that. I'm glad you brought that up because I experienced that when I was my first year out of college way back when um, I was a music teacher. And so I was really active. And even as a college student, I was active in the Illinois uh, Music Educators Association, just to take it one step further. Right. <laughs> um, but it was governed and it was the same thing. It was very democratic. Um and the members um, had a voice um, and they also provided professional development opportunities and dues and things like that went directly back into those opportunities. So um, I also, you know, at the time was a member of the National Educators Association and um, those are my initials. So I was always given a hard time <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, you know, when I was in college, you know, in the National Educators Association and National Endowment for the Arts and all the things. So there's, there's, I'm glad that you're involved in these other organizations. Um, I'm sure it takes up a lot of time though to be involved. And I'm sure some of our listeners are like, why, why there's just so many, not enough time in the day and why should we be involved? But I think that, um, it's, you know, such a great, um, opportunity if you can be to, to give back and, and do that. So, um, I appreciate that you're involved in other organizations beyond just the Illinois ACAC. And Nathan, the great part about involvement is it, it comes at your on your terms. You know, you can be the president elect, you can be a committee chair, or you can simply pay your dues and let other members um, go to Springfield and Washington and lobby on your behalf. And all of those levels of involvement are are perfectly acceptable. It's really about where you're at in your balance at that point in your life and at that point in your career. And it's really um, all accepting, all encompassing, accepting of all people, however they're able to contribute to the association, to the professions. You know, Paul, one of the things that that strikes me is when I think of my professional development opportunities throughout my career, it's the time at WACAC, Wisconsin ACAC, that was most impactful for me to really kind of broaden my perspective and my mindset beyond one institution or the schools I worked with. And I can talk and do talk at length about why college counselors should get involved with their local ACAC, the, the benefits that come from, from those opportunities. But I'm, it's less clear to me from my own experience, the connection um, between a school counselor's career trajectory and the, the opportunities that come with the ACAC involvement. So can you just unpack that a little bit more as a school counselor? How does your work benefit from being involved in Illinois ACAC? Boy, that is the, that is the million dollar question that every <laughs> administrator wants me to answer. So why should we approve you to do this work? Or why should we pay for you to do this work? Mm -hmm. um, the professional development opportunities are are incredible. The professional development portfolio that I have access to through NACAC and through Illinois ACAC is 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 amazing, and it's really specific to the work I'm doing. You know, the um, the school wants to see college going uh, rates increase and applications increase, and, and the same things that you're looking for on the enrollment 
management side, you know, that, that comes from us, right? And and we have the same goals, which is just mm-hmm. another reason why this space in between is just is so cool. Um, so personally, um, I can benefit from these professional development opportunities that I can bring back to my school. I mean, the FAFSA, the FAFSA training that I that I have access to through through Illinois and in the Department of Ed, and that's all coordinated in Illinois through our ACAC is is pretty amazing. You know, the FAFSA is about to change again, and I've heard a lot of your your previous episodes talking about FAFSA simplification. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to keep up with, so that's a direct, an easy um, direct connection to be made. Um, a softer connection to be made is the networking opportunities and. I can pick up the phone and call, you know, after 10 years in, at this school, nine years at this school, I can pick up the phone and call the directors of admission at, you know, 10 or 12 different mm-hmm. Illinois universities. And, and, you know, it really strikes the principal when they're asking me a question or an assistant principal wants to know this. I said, I don't know. Well, let's call the director of admission at the flagship state university. And they're like, you, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes, because we've made those personal connections. Um, now I'm not going to call and advocate for an individual student, you know, and try and pull some strings. That is not how this, how the relationship works. Um, and, and that has to be explained yeah. to administrators too. So there's a, there's a real easy connection to be made. And then there's that, that softer, that softer connection to be made. And, and in the end, it's still a challenge to convince, um, school, high school administrators that, of the value of this work. And it's, it's constant, you know, we've got our, um, our annual conference coming up and we are going to host mm-hmm. an administrator appreciation breakfast for local school administrators in Springfield, Illinois. And our goal is to explain to these, uh, these people who have the power to release school counselors mm-hmm. from the building for an hour for a day. They need to know the value of this professional development portfolio that we're offering. So, so they'll let their counselors do these type of things because it will benefit the school and it will benefit those students directly. You know, I remember when I was chair of the conference in Wisconsin one year, we held the held the conference in Appleton um, and I got in touch with the, all of the principals just for the, the Appleton schools. And I, I just remember there was a counselor that wanted to come, was eager. We made it free for local counselors, but there was the concern about the counselor being out of the building and can't you just make this virtual and I remember thinking, like, it's a mile away. I, I don't understand, but <laughs> it's a different world in the high schools versus on the cam- the college campuses. So I appreciate your answer. Thank you. You're welcome. Paul, when I remember when I went through the president cycle, being really surprised at the wide range of differences between all of the affiliates, right? The 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 level of bureaucracy at some, the size, the the budgets, et cetera. But we all came together and kind of discussed and took on shared challenges. And one of them that was regularly coming up was just kind of the future of the associations. And so I want to ask you, when when you look ahead for the future of Illinois ACAC or other state and regional affiliates, what, what do you see coming down the pike? How are we how are we doing with the next generation of professionals, et cetera? That's a great question. And we're grappling with the same questions now at this time. And and it is really empowering to get together with these presidents and presidents elects and past presidents um, from across the country and know that, oh, yeah, you're struggling with the same thing, you know, volunteer mm-hmm. engagement, you know, leadership development, those type of things. But I, I'm I come to the conclusion that the affiliates are strong. Um, this is this is a good time. There's been a lot of change at NACAC. There's been a lot of change in in the profession. And specifically with NACAC, you know, they've taken a step back uh, in a lot of ways. And this may not be popular with all of our uh, listeners, but 
after the <laughs> DOJ consent decree, NACAC has has deliberately stepped back from the enforcement side of things. Um, mm-hmm. NACAC lost a lot of revenue during the pandemic, and they've deliberately stepped back. They've they've changed their staffing structure. They've reduced a lot um, their staffing costs, um, and they've withdrawn some direct subsidies to the affiliates. You know. Um, They've completely eliminated the assembly and completely eliminated subsidizing NACAC conference for assembly delegates to participate. And that's a, now a direct cost on the affiliates to send our our members, our board members, whatever we're going to call them next, um, to the NACAC conference. So as NACAC has backed away from the affiliates in some ways, that's created that's created a lot of opportunities for the affiliates. And it's, it's, it's empowering. Um, like I mentioned earlier, the Illinois ACAC and all the ACACs are independent associations. And when NACAC withdrew these subsidies, it's really forced us to say, okay, well, then how are we going to maintain that independence from a from a fiscal perspective? How are we going to maintain that independence by continuing to develop our leaders? Because if we can't send our members to the NACAC assembly because it no longer exists, Mm-hmm. We are not responsible for developing our own leaders and widening that pipeline and making it more diverse. And, and how do we do that? So so we own this. We we own this. And it is empowering that if NACAC is no longer doing some of these things, we're going to do it. And, um, you know, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for these opportunities. Now, there's challenges. You know, the financial challenge is, is real. Many of the affiliates are now, you know, seeking new revenue streams through college fairs, through corporate uh, sponsorships and endowments. Uh, but we're going to do this, and we're going to be stronger. We are stronger now than we were before, and I, I do see, I do see the affiliates stepping in to fill some of that leadership vacuum. And it's, um, it's a good time to be in the affiliates. It's a good time to be an affiliate. Thank you. Yeah, it it's been fascinating to watch the the shifts in NACAC. And the affiliates over the last, um, for me, about ten years that I, I felt closely connected to them, um, it's a it's a wild ride right now. So thank you for that. Well, Paul, if you can believe it, or if you can't, we are at the end. We've made it through the interview. So we always just like to ask folks two questions: What are you working on next, and how can people get in touch with you if they want to continue the conversation? Well, thank you very much for having me. I am happy to um, uh, to entertain uh, questions and concerns and feedback from your listeners. It's really easy. My email is my last name, Welsh, W-E-L-S-H, at Fenton100.org. That's F as in Frank, E-N-T-O-N-1-0-0, dot O-R-G. Um, and what's next? As the affiliate president-elect, is the Illinois president-elect, my primary responsibility this year is to plan the annual conference, which will be in Springfield this year. So that's next. That is coming up real soon. Um, We're expecting five to 600 people to join us in Springfield, Illinois, for the premier professional development event in our state, in our association. And, uh, and I'm ready. I'm excited for it. Here we go. Great. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you both for having me. Nathan, do you remember how excited you were to land on the NACAC Podcast Network? I was, and it was the second most exciting day of my life. If you actually throw my wedding day under the bus one more time, I'm going (laughs) to drive up there to Greendale, Waukesha, Wisconsin, wherever you live. Listen. And I'm going to be very mad at you. I get it. The order of days in your life, your wedding day, first. NACAC Podcast Network, second. Your children being born, third and fourth. No, still no.
Still no. <laughs> Not that they actually listen to this podcast, but still no. Nathan, so why I... are we excited about it today? I'm talking over you like I usually do, but why are we excited about today, T? Because in the middle of these episodes, we just want to shine a little bit of light on our podcasting friends. So we've recorded just a little bit of teaser, just a little bit of information about each of the 16 other podcasts on the podcast network. If any of them sound interesting to you, you can find them wherever podcasts are sold. I think available or stream. Hosted by Raymond Blakely, RB's 300 Sec podcast is educational, thought-provoking, spiritual, and entertaining. It's 300 seconds or five minutes of inspiration. Quite often, people look at others' glory but don't know their story. Without a doubt, we all have challenges and roadblocks, yet we can overcome and continue to push forward. Through this show, we will celebrate people who have done just that. The Truth About College Admission The college admission experience can be overwhelming and complicated. This podcast helps students and the adults who support them cut through the noise around searching for, applying to, and deciding on a college. In each episode, you can expect guests who are national experts working in the field of college admission and enrollment who will give you honest takes, helpful perspective, and in many cases, some much-needed levity and solace. Well, Tej, I'm really excited to welcome our last guest here of season five, Michael Cartusiello, past president of New Jersey ACAC and associate director of admissions at Lesley University in Cambridge, Mass. Michael, welcome to the Lunchcast. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, folks. Uh, really excited to be here. And we're really excited to have you. Usually we start with the opening, like your bio and how'd you get to your current position. But I have to ask, because as I'm mm-hmm. reading off your title in the New Jersey ACAC, but you're at a school in Cambridge, Massachusetts, <laughs> those two things do not seem to go together. So explain that a little bit for us and then also give us your bio if you don't mind. Absolutely. They definitely go hand in hand with me, my bio and and kind of getting into my involvement with NJACAC. I Grew up in New York City. I've been a New York City kid through and through. Um, And so I used to work at Adelphi on Long Island. Still not New Jersey, I know, Mm -hmm. uh, but a little a little closer. (laughs) Yeah, getting closer. Yeah. um, That was my first foray into the admissions world. Absolutely loved working there. Had a very supportive supervisor. In fact, the person who's now the VP was just executive director at the time. But when I started, she was the president of New York State ACAC. Mm -hmm. And I remember being incredibly wide-eyed my first summer there, went to the summer institute and immediately asked to get involved in New York State. Uh, But the office over at Adelphi was quite uh, heavily involved already. And my, you know, supervisor knew that New Jersey was looking for folks and New Jersey was my primary territory. And so she kind of Uh gave me the nudge to get involved with New Jersey instead. And I'm really glad she did. It was absolutely a better fit for me in terms of personal networking and also helping the office. You know, I'm I'm primarily recruiting students in New Jersey, not know why not get involved in the conversation of how college admissions is happening in that state. And so had a bit of a pandemic change, I actually changed jobs mid presidency cycle. And, you know, my partner was really looking for something new. I was needing something new as well and uh, moved to a completely new city and 
have a new role, a new school, but was fortunate enough to still have my primary recruitment territory be New Jersey just to maintain uh, my involvement in the association. Well, that's great. That unravels that mystery. <laughs> I think, yeah, <laughs> long-winded answer, but but definitely a, a mystery for sure. No, that's that's spectacular, and I think that's one of the beautiful things about um, the ACACs. And I've actually heard that story once or twice um, before. I do like the element of adding in the New York AC. <laughs> like the New York captain <laughs> did that. Yeah, um, that's another layer. But I've certainly. I mean, I don't think. Uh, we're not fooling anybody when we know we all know that we move around sometimes you have to move right. across state lines but um honestly i think it's great that you stayed involved in new jersey acac um right and they're serving in this role and i'm sure they're happy to have you oh oh yeah i mean they're gonna be um you know i'm, I'm already being asked what i'm doing next after i roll off of this the past <laughs> presidency role of course and, you are yeah you know i i um might need a little bit of a vacation first but yeah, yep. definitely. They've been glad I, I stuck around. That is that is well-traveled ground, Michael. I can tell you that like, I finished the president cycle. Let me take a little bit of time. Uh, that time usually is two months tops. They'll get you back <laughs> in by the end of summer. <laughs> Michael, can you talk about other professional organizations maybe you've been involved in? And, and what is it about New Jersey ACAC that made you, I mean, you didn't just get involved, right? Like you got deeply involved. What, what did you find with New Jersey ACAC? Why was it, why was this your avenue? Yeah, I definitely kind of dove right into the deep end. Um, you know, at, at first it, it might just have felt serendipitous that I was in the right place at the right time that positions opened up and I actively tried to volunteer for about eight months until I was finally the only person on our social media committee. And then that chair position opened up because my very good friend and a former guest of yours, Carlos Cano, ascended to mm -hmm. the presidency cycle. And I, he was like, if you want it, you were the only one on the committee. So we're happy to have you on the board. And so it, it just felt on the one hand, like, oh, I must have good timing. But I think for me and my journey with New Jersey ACAC, it was also just the group of people. Uh, we I felt like it was a much more laid back group of people. I felt mm -hmm. like I had the opportunity to really uh, connect and and kind of speak up a little bit more. And and I you know I took on just a little subcommittee chair role when I was still a uh, lowly assistant director at my office and was not used to being able to very highly share opinions but i come into this meeting and it's a very welcoming environment we're mm -hmm. having really good discussions we're having um debates about best practices about how we want to run our association about how we want college admissions to be in the state of new jersey and to just not feel like my ideas were shut down not mm -hmm. that um shut down might not be the best word but rather uh, more welcomed um, than just at a, at a nine to five where there's a bit of a hierarchy and a lot more red tape to run into. So it was definitely the people. And then in terms of other professional associations, I think with my unique journey or somewhat unique journey here, I've also had the opportunity to kind of be a fly on the wall of a lot of other regional affiliates 
mm-hmm. um, while my primary territory was always New Jersey, I was still doing a lot of out-of-state recruitment when I started. So I was just a, a little member, non-voting member of PACAC. I was still a member of New York State ACAC um, and just trying to kind of see how they run things. And it felt more serious to me, which also sounds bad, but it's not like I, I liked that it was New Jersey was more laid back and I could be kind of real with people as opposed to also having to navigate kind of the politics that come with an association that were heavily prevalent in certain other ACACs. You know, that's, that's really an interesting kind of observation. I'm, I'm here in Wisconsin. I went through the president cycle mm-hmm. um, in Wisconsin. And when I first got to the, 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 what is it? The president's council at NACAC. Mm-hmm. I was surprised to learn like just how different each of the ACACs are that, um, you know, some, some states and regional affiliates, like it is a competitive process to become president and others. It's just like, who's next? Someone? Yes. Anyone? <laughs> yeah. That is, that is absolutely. <laughs> it. It's fascinating. Thank you. Yeah. It's definitely, we were one of those affiliates that it was a little easier to get involved and kind of, I was tapped on the shoulder very quickly mm-hmm. and um, I'm grateful for it. You know, I, I also can kind of, when comparing myself to other affiliates suffer from that imposter syndrome, being mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. slightly younger than other folks and, and less experienced technically, but I always have to remind myself, it doesn't mean I don't have as much seasoning or as much um, opinion or as much skill mm-hmm. it, it it's just about you know this was my route and this is our affiliate and and that's what worked for us i think that leads me pretty well right to our last question here um i mean it probably depends on the region or the the affiliate but you know what do you see as the future of the state and regional affiliates and do we need to worry about the next generation and maybe as a sub question to that or do we are you thinking that maybe we'll see more of the affiliates go to, hey, tapping an associate director, tapping somebody that doesn't have quite as much experience um, mm. because it's a, one, could be a more interesting perspective and two, maybe we're running out of folks that actually want to take on these leadership roles. Yeah, I think I think that last observation is a, is a really good one. And I, I do think we'll see a lot of the local affiliates leaning more on uh newer folks in the industry or or more mid-level positions as opposed to going to a director or higher for these leadership roles. I think in general in our industry, all of us at every level are being asked to do and more and more. And, you know, I also, aside from when I started at Adelphi, having had a current president as an executive director, and then later on, once I got into the presidency in New Jersey ACAC, my at that point, current director was the past president of New York State. So, and she was then also my supervisor. So I really had some great perspective watching how busy she was in our office and really having to juggle a lot of other priorities. And while it's not to say I didn't feel busy in my in my day job, but I, I do think this is a better breeding ground for a younger professional, for a newer professional to get their feet wet, to try new things, to learn how to become a leader, to then bring that back into their day job, to go into their office with new ideas, with an with a better sense of how 
to be both a leader, but also a team player, uh, how they can actually contribute their opinions in a way that's constructive uh, without mm-hmm. getting burnt out, without having to feel like they're complaining uh, and also then being able to lead because technically we're all volunteer positions. You know, we've seen, I've seen amazing leaders in these positions and I've seen not amazing leaders in these positions. And at the end of the day, it's still a volunteer position and you kind of sometimes have to take what you can get. But in when you're getting paid to do something, you really want to make sure that you're doing it well. And I would imagine if I hired someone, I would want to make sure they're doing that role well too. And I think giving your newer folks or mid-level folks the opportunity to learn and practice and and flex their leadership wings and and kind of grow on their own you get to bring back a really strong leader and hopefully pass on some of that other higher responsibility at their day job too michael that's great and if i can just kind of ask one follow-up question sure um yeah i mean you indicated you you talked about how important it is to be received in a very welcoming way and and may for folks that are already around the table to make it clear that as a new person, your voice is valuable. One of the things I found interesting is when you're in a a leadership role in the affiliate, um, I've often heard that the affiliates feel like a club that if you're not a part of it, you can't get in, right? That it's a closed off group. And I've always been perplexed by that because I I found it very easy to kind of like work your way in and and work your way into some of the... um, you know, some of the conversations and circles, but I'm sure you've heard that as well, that, you know, in the, in the leadership, it's, they're just shoulder tapping each other. It's a small circle. And if you're not in, you're not in. I'm curious if you've heard that and and kind of how you would react to that. I've definitely heard it. I've seen it on both sides and, you know, especially kind of worrying about that next generation and, and the state of regional affiliates um, we're certainly suffering from the great resignation and, and mm-hmm. burnout as well. And with that too, this being a volunteer position, you know, I, I definitely, when I started, as, as I said, I thought I was in the right place at the right time and it did take me eight months to actually get involved. But what I would say to folks who want to get involved is, is you need to be persistent. Uh, we are all volunteers. We are not mm-hmm. paid to be president of NJACAC as much as I would have loved to have been paid. (laughs) (laughs) I was not paid. And, you know, and it, and it's not to say that we can't do better. We are trying to do better at making our pathways to leadership more recognizable, more, more accessible, but also, yes, there is a bit of that stigma that, oh, it's just clicky and I don't Mm want to get involved. What I also think happens is it's, um, People have the best of intentions in setting up a system where they're going to look for volunteers and they're going to try and get new, fresh faces. And then that's usually the end of the summer. And then Mm -hmm. fall hits and November 1 hits. And all of a sudden you're getting closer to your event. And that person who is trying to be organized is no longer as organized as they want to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you find that you're in desperate need of volunteers for your event that is now very, very much upcoming. And who do you turn to but the people you know? And it's just challenging because yes, you want new people, but if you don't have the framework to get advanced involvement, advanced sign up, advanced organization, oftentimes you kind of have to tap those people you know on the shoulder. And I think that's a big part of what's been giving 
all of our affiliates a bit of an, a negative stigma that we mm-hmm. are clicky, that we're only looking for our friends and that's it. That's mm-hmm. not the case at all. We would love to have people help whenever, wherever, mm-hmm. ha- however. But given that we are all competing with our day jobs, we are all competing with our own level of burnout. Mm-hmm. It can take a little bit from both sides, those folks who do really want to get involved and step up and, and make a difference in this industry. Don't be afraid to to speak up. Don't be afraid to ask again. Yeah. Or, or put your name out there for an entry level elected position. Yeah. I just to anyone listening, there is not an ACAC in the country that would not love your help in something. Not one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All of my colleagues um, so also, and I don't know what you have or haven't gone over yet in this season, but to explain at least with affiliate involvement, when you're in a presidency cycle, this is one of the few things that we all do the same. You start as a president elect, you then become president for a year, and then you're the past president. So it's still a three-year term. Um, but you also have a president's class. So a group of folks that you start with at the same time. And my president's class has been one of the best gifts I could have ever gotten in my professional career and personal Mm -hmm. career, Mm -hmm. just to have a whole group of 22 other people from around the country and and world, when you think of international ACAC as well, just of people who are going through similar things and can provide you a different perspective and you can bounce things off of. And we absolutely have this shared challenge of how do we get more people involved? How do we find and cultivate new leaders? And yeah, I could not agree more that every single one of us would love a new volunteer. Mm -hmm. It just can be challenging to find somebody who then has the time to do it and and the ability to do it. Well, I think that's a great way to end it. Um, I think it's a call out to anybody that wants to do it and you just have to be persistent. But um, I think like Tisha, there's, there's plenty of opportunities available. I'm going to wrap us up here with the final two questions of the season and the final two questions for you, Michael, um, that we ask everybody, what are you working on next this spring? And then how can folks get in touch with you? Should they want to continue the conversation? Yeah, thanks. Thank you all so much. I, you know, I I think a lot of it is kind of wide open for me, which is exciting. Um, I've been contemplating trying to get more involved at the national level. So that's fun. And, and same weird challenges of, is this the right direction? How do I go about it? So uh, that fear kind of doesn't go away. And I know it's something that both NACAC and the affiliates are working on fixing. Um, so my hope is to be more involved there, but at least at my affiliate, we have our annual conference coming up in May. Uh, something that started during my president elect year that I'm really excited about for NJACAC is we have an annual virtual LGBTQ plus college fair that we put on with our partners at StriveScan, and that should be coming up soon too, more to come. And yeah, I think that that's really the exciting stuff I have going on. And then if folks want to get in touch with you, how can they reach out? Right. Thank you. Uh, Probably the best would be uh, LinkedIn, you can search my full name. I'll be right there. I'm also Instagram. You can search my full name. It's a, it's not a private profile uh, or my email. It is, um, I'll give you my professional one. It's M-C-A-R-T-U-S-C 
at Leslie, that's L-E-S-L-E-Y dot E-D-U. Thanks, Michael. We appreciate everything you're doing for the associations and thanks for joining the LaunchCast. And I appreciate everything you all are doing here and helping us recruit new members and, <laughs> and hopefully convince maybe some of their superiors to push them to get involved and let them know <laughs> that they are supported in doing so. Mm -hmm. So true. So true. Thank yeah, you, Michael. So true. Well, that was great. Two really exciting conversations for the anniversary of our 29th episode. Nathan, what stood out to you in the conversations with Paul and Michael? Well, first off, um, Paul, well, one has a really interesting background and in how we get into that. But I thought, you know, him talking about he doesn't like the word voluntold anymore. And he mm -hmm. said that, you know, you're taking your turn. Everybody needs to take a turn. Mm -hmm. And at some point, the turn's going to come around to you. Um, but you know, I thought it was also really interesting because we got right into it about all the other organizations that he's a part of, um, mm -hmm, that he's mm -hmm. involved in the local teachers unions and the other professional organizations. And I'll be honest, and I said it in the interview, you know, I did not go to school to be an admissions professional <laughs> like most, mm -hmm. so, you know, I did music education. So I knew the Illinois Music Educators Association and you know, there's an association for everybody, but um, I think it's really fascinating that even in Illinois, like we talked about in the opening, with a very strong ACAC, that Paul's mm -hmm. still involved in other things, you know. Yeah, you know, the take your turn in a leadership role really spoke to me because, um, you know, the the state and regionals, there's some that are, are just mammoth organizations, right? And there mm -hmm. are some of us where it's a little bit more like, hey, who's around? We need someone, right. right? But to even hear from Illinois, right, that there is a sense of like, take your turn, step up into a committee leadership role, serve on the conference committee. Like there's so much to be done. And the the difference between the smaller affiliates and the larger ones is not that it's harder to get involved. It's just the larger ones have more things to do. Like go to Illinois ACAC's website and, and hover over the events tab, Right. There's right, so right. much that they're doing. And those are all every single one of those events is another opportunity for people to get involved and have a role and 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 kind of step in. And I think what Paul was really reflecting is for this profession, we all just we all have to take our turn. We have to to get in there, serve in the leadership role, and then step back and let someone else take the wheel. And it's become even more important as NACAC has really kind of stepped back from their role. Mm -hmm. Um and you know, while this has put some maybe some financial pressure on the state and local ACACs. Um, <laughs> this certainly has provided more opportunity, especially for the leaders of these organizations. Um, but then they have to develop leaders on their own. Like they really need to go to their membership and make sure that they're, they're pulling people along and giving people opportunities um, mm -hmm. because NACAC is just not doing it. So um, I think it's, it was really interesting to hear his perspective. And so then turning to Michael, um, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, he didn't, he, 
he was at a school in New York at the time. And they said, why don't you go do the, why don't you go join the New Jersey one? Well, that would, you know, what was great about that? It was, he, he, it wasn't that he had to join New Jersey, but the reason he joined right. New Jersey is that institution was so already so involved with New York State ACAC, right? Mm-hmm. So it, that was an institution, an organization that was really supporting and encouraging ACAC involvement. And they saw Michael was interested and willing, and they said, let's let's spread this out to New Jersey, to your recruitment territory. And now mm-hmm. he is past president, president. He's been in the mm-hmm. president cycle. <laughs> <laughs> I forget where he landed. He's currently past president. Yes. Past president. Yeah. Yeah. yeah past president. Mm-hmm. And I, I can tell you from, you know, my, my time at WACAC while I was up at Northland, being in a visible leadership role in your ACAC, if you're from a, a lesser known or lesser networked um, institution, it really helps the institution. It really does. Right. Right. Yeah. And I would, I would agree. Um well, and so then let's just jump into the clickiness side of it. And I think they make what clickiness. I don't know what you're speaking about. It's fine. <laughs> Me and my friends agree. Both both of them talked about yeah. how it comes to be. And it comes to be because nobody, everybody has good intentions, mm-hmm. right? But nobody mm-hmm. actually raises their hand because they get busy with their day job. And so then I think there's also a, a good point there that if you are a leader in the ACAC yes. and you are a perhaps a leader in your office, then you're going to probably go to some of your staff and say like, yeah, I really need you to help me out with this conference. Right. Or this would be a good opportunity for you or whatever else. And so um, that's just how it works. Right. <laughs> that's just how the cookie crumbles. Cause otherwise um, nobody would be doing these volunteer jobs. Can I, can I just, just sidebar, just a little bit of story about my first WACAC meeting. This is hysterical sure. and it has to do with the clickiness because Ken had had been the government relations chair, then he stepped out. So I was one of a couple people filling in that role, right? And I went to my first WACAC meeting. It was at Brookfield Academy. And I always like to be early, but still, even though I was very early, the meeting had already started and I was humiliated, right? Hmm. So, and there was only like four or five people there. So I just came in quietly, like sat down in the only open seat at the table and just listened. And I didn't understand what was happening. And as I was there, I did get some weird looks, but I, you know, introduced myself. <laughs> um, and they kept carrying on with the meeting. And while I was sitting there, I happened to notice the conference room right next door started to fill up. And I realized I had accidentally <laughs> arrived early to the executive board meeting and just sat down. <laughs> and, but and, and oh. right there, let me tell you, Nick Spaeth, who we've had on this show, was treasurer at the time. I, I remember this. And it was actually at the school he's working at now. But it, it, there was this moment of like, it's who such are a you? Wisconsin thing to do. Yeah. It just was like, <laughs> that seems about right. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. But but <laughs> here's the guy. thing, because I, I can understand how some people would feel at a small instant or at a small right. whack or a small ACAC that it's mm-hmm. clicky because it's the same 12 people just switching roles. I was on government relations, then I was on conference, then I was on whatever. Um, but it was when I got involved in the president's circle and heard that the clickiness was what they were saying about Illinois and what they felt up in New England and at Southern. And I started right. to think like, okay, there's more going on. It's not just something we're doing. It's something more structural. And I really think part of the the key is the ACAC leaders need to really lean on the directors and deans and VPs at the institutions on the college side to 
to give their newer counselors the permission structure and the warm invitation. Because once you raise your hand and say you want to be involved in a committee, there's no one happier to see you than the people that have been cycling through those committees for six years. Right, right. Yeah. No, I mean, and it's hap- it happens in our office down Loyola, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, but I I would agree. I, I don't think, um, and maybe because we have one staff member that's really involved in SACAC, but mm-hmm. um, uh, I have, I can trying to remember if there's a time when somebody reached out to me directly and said, who do you have in the associate assistant, even mm-hmm. brand new admissions counselor level that would like to become involved? Um, and, uh, and reached out to me directly because they needed volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, now Southern ACAC is one of the bigger ones and it involves a lot of States, right? There's a ton mm-hmm. of States that are, that are, uh, comp- that are composed you know, of that association. So, you know, maybe they do have enough volunteers. I'm guessing they don't, but it, it really, that would be an interesting tactic if they needed specific volunteers, um, to go out to the Dean. You've got nothing after that that's just like stopped right there. I mean, Nathan, I literally delete the pause if it's more than a second. So there was no <laughs> there was no pause for our listeners. <laughs> you and that fancy new editing software <laughs> you have. All right. Well, I you know what better to end our episode number 40 and our 29. It's our 11th, 29th episode non-eventful awkward pause (laughs) so anyway this was a great season again kudos to you give you a ton of credit for coming up with this idea um these are really great guests i really Mm -hmm. enjoyed getting to know them i didn't know any of our guests um ahead of ahead of this season nathan this is why everyone we've talked to whether they've said it in the interview or or kind of in the preamble or post amble talk mm-hmm. about being in the president's class of your ACAC is one of the best professional development experiences you get because you, you just get connected with people from all sorts of different backgrounds in the field, all brought together mm-hmm. at once. And that's, that's what we did in this season of the lunch cast for everybody. Yep. So exactly. nobody needs to be president of ACAC anymore. We just listened to season five of the lunch cast. Yep. Or just be on the lunch cast. If you want to be on season six, let us know. Yeah. We're not clicky. We're not clicky. It's going to be really hard, you know, for you to follow this theme. (laughs) You have to come up with that season six theme. All right, folks, that was a really long banter, but you know, it's our season finale. So, all right. Well, I hope you enjoyed episode number 40. I hope you go out and get involved in your ACAC. And as always, I'm Nathan. I'm Tej. And that was the lunch cast. Thanks folks. Say that again. No. Say it again. Nope, not doing it.